Hello. Right. Now, welcome to Architect Russell Uncensored. This is going to be a new podcast where I just talk about stuff that I've never talked about before in any of my videos, stuff that I've never felt comfortable really talking about before, but this time I'm just going to speak about it. Uh, this episode, anyway, is going to talk about how I got a job in Thailand, working in Bangkok, living in Bangkok, having a girlfriend in Bangkok. <laughs> Uh, losing my job or quitting my job in Bangkok and then why I left. So how I got the job, right. Um, so I, I was leaving UK, I've become registered, decided to leave the UK and um, I was heading to Australia. I, I got a, like a working visa to work in Australia. I applied for this migration visa to work in Australia, which takes a couple of years. But I had a, if you're under 21, I think, think or under 30 I can't remember you can apply for a, a working holiday visa allows you to work in Australia for a year so I left the UK I went in went to Cairo visit a friend I went and I went to Thailand it was just gonna supposed to be a couple of weeks I was gonna go to Thailand for uh, before I went to Australia this is when I left England so it must have been about 13 years ago became registered architect left England I thought right I'm gonna leave I was heading to Australia to work there, but I ended up just going on holiday to Thailand. And I, just for a week, I, ended, I was in Bangkok for a few days, and then I went around some islands and stuff. I really liked it, and I thought, I wonder if I, if I could get a job here like as an architect. And I went online to have a look, and I found this agency. They're asking for like senior designer for this um, firm in Bangkok. I'm not going to say which firm it was, but it's quite a big international design firm um did a lot of architecture and interior work so um i applied for that it's through an agency i don't know what the name of the agency nothing big and like literally they like they called me the next day i think they replied an email and they called me the next day because i had a had a local te telephone number had a local thai number so they called me on that that so that helps if you have if you're there this is what I say to people, if you, you want to find a job in a foreign country, you've got to be there and you've got to have a local number to, for people to call you. So um, so they called me and said, yeah, you, um, they're interested. And then they, he contacted the, the company and they, they wanted to have an interview. So at this point, I, I think I was in Krabi or down south it was. I was in Bangkok for about five or six days and I went down south to these islands and they called me there and said come for an interview no actually it was in Bangkok just before I left they said come for an interview in and I didn't want to have one there and then I, I thought I'll have one in like four days when I come back from the islands so and I give me a bit of time to prepare so I went to the islands and then came back um for the interview to Bangkok and I had the interview it went quite well and yeah, they offered me the job, like literally to start in a week. It was more interior design work, more than architecture. There was like a senior guy who was Australian. He was an interior designer, really. And there was some Thai people in the team, about four people. It was like the hospitality team. Um, so I, I, yeah, so I, I got that job and started in a, in a few days. Um, so now on to like working in Bangkok. So yeah, it, it's international company. So there was a there was a 
big boss who's Indian, then there's my team leaders, Australian, and the other guys with Thai. And um, this, at this time, it's mostly AutoCAD we're using, and there was a, but it's mostly like this, my boss, who was like the Australian guy, he was doing all the interior. It was like refurbishment work. There was like a car park in a hospital, and like one of the car park space, car park floors in the hospital was getting converted into a, a hospital floor. They already did loads of floors already. It looked really nice. It was a hotel. Uh, hospital in Bangkok. It's like a like a really posh hospital. Like all the um, sheiks from Dubai go there. Um, so they they designed like a lot of the floors. This interior works. So I just want I couldn't understand like what they did because it was interiors like refurbishment. Okay, what what did you design here? It's like, but it's really nice. Mostly lighting and furniture and s stuff like that and. Yeah, it wasn't. It was really weird because like, I was designing furniture, FF&E schedules. It wasn't really my my thing, but I, I was prepared to do it because, like, hey, it's like I've got a job in Bangkok. It was great. Um, so it's more of a senior interior designer role, really. And I didn't really have much experience in that. But yeah, I wasn't really. Yeah, it was, it was mostly the Australian guy that was doing all the concept design work, and you more or less draw it up really and do the detail technical drawings and stuff but yeah it was, it was a bit strange like the f yeah a lot of furniture design and yeah i learned a lot about materials veneer laminate and stuff like that anyway so i've been working there about a year or less than that and then um um well i come up before i come into like the bad part it's like phew, what happened, but living in tight, like living in, ba coming on, that, that was working in Bangkok, so living in Bangkok, Jesus Christ, it's an amazing place, that, that, you'd never get bored in that place, it's got everything, it's got like fun, it's nightlife, there's stuff to do, you can go to islands if you've got enough time, or go to the country, if, uh, weekends if you have time, but, and the frigging girls there, Jesus Christ, they're frigging hot, I know there's ladyboys, but like, the girls there are hot as well. Like, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I'm like young and like walking to work. And like, oh, the girls are so hot, like walking around. It's like it's that place that if you're a guy, that place will eat you alive. Some of the places there, not just Bangkok, there's other places like Pattaya and stuff. God, that, those places, they'll eat your soul. If you're, if you're a single guy and you're at those places, that place, those places will eat you alive. I'm telling you, you have to be really careful at these those places. If you're a young guy going to like Thailand, you have to be careful. But like, you can have a hell of a lot of fun. But um, I mostly ha it's, I didn't really hang around the expat areas that much. Really, I still went to um, the touristy areas um, at weekends and. Um, Oh, so much fun, like, oh, jeez. You never get bored of that place. Anyway, it's like some of the best times of my life and some of the g worst times of my life as well, which you'll find out later. And I go on to, um, yeah, so I lost, I kind of left the job. So I had a girlfriend um, after a, f a while. I had a girlfriend and we were together. Oh, what a nightmare, man. So my first paycheck... 
she stole my first paycheck. Can you believe that? So I, I hardly had any money. I f finally got some money in my first paycheck. She took it because I didn't have a bank at that time. So they, they gave me a check and they paid me by cash when I cashed the check out. So I hid, I hid that in my drawer and she, she took it and she left. And me being young and naive, uh, she was like all these excuses. Uh, I, anyway, I, I took her back. I was stupid. What an idiot. And then like, she said she'll give me the money back. Um, so then I continued work, working, I was staying with her. And then like, one, the Christmas came up and we went to um, uh, this place called Chiang Mai, which is up north in the mountains and stuff. It's where they filmed the uh, Rambo movies. <laughs> and then um, had this motorbike, rent a stupid me, naive, another stupid thing. Rented out a scooter, went up to this spring in the mountains. Like, Jesus Christ, it's like 45 minutes an hour drive on this scooter up in the mountains. I'd never even driven a scooter before. On the way back, crashed, had an accident. Didn't break any bones, but got like, nearly got, nearly died. It was pretty scary. Um, like, my, my hand, there was like ripped a lot of skin off it and like a big hole in my hand went to hospital they had to like bandage it, it was just a lot of grazes on my knees and legs and same with my girlfriend she was on the back um she wasn't as bad as me though um so i was bandaged up and everything and it got infected my hand this big hole about the size of a well about half the size of a golf ball like flesh completely gone off my hand i didn't think i'd be able to write again uh, or draw again. It was pretty scary. Um, so I had a, I, I called up my work and said I won't be in for a week. And then a couple of weeks, I went. Finally, went back to all oh, the hospitals around were awful. Like, and I had to get my hand like cleaned every day, like clinics and stuff. And it like got infected, and all this green shit came out of it. And um, every day I had to go to this clinic, and they'd put this bandage on. Like they always put this crappy bandage that would stick, like this net bandage, and every time, every day, I had to get it cleaned, and they'd rip it off, and it fucking hurt. Like, um, like pulling off half your, oh, the wound would come with it, uh, and then like doing that every day for weeks, and then we went, and then um, she would take this, my girlfriend would take me to these shitty hospitals or shitty clinics, something to do with like, she wouldn't um. Because her friends would tell her, don't take him to this hospital because the girls are pretty there. <laughs> so <laughs> she took me all to all these shitty clinics, shitty hospitals with all the ugly nurses. And it's all crappy. They didn't even have... Uh, and then one time they put this bandage on that was good. It didn't pull the skin off when they ripped. It was like clean the next day. It didn't hurt. And like every hospital I went to, they wouldn't have it. Go, oh, none in stock. Like fucking hell. Like she took kept going to these shitty clinics. Then I went to then my called my up my work and said I'll be coming in next week. He told me to go to this Christian hospital, which was a decent hospital. So I went there. My girlfriend wouldn't tell me not to go there. I got pissed off of her, so I went there and like it's so much better. They had all the bandages and everything. They made it all clean. It's like fucking going to all these shitty clinics for like weeks and like fucking her and then listening to her like fuck anyway um i went back to work and um 
I did think the boss was that like. <laughs> he probably he didn't th he didn't think I was that bad. Like um, I never been that injured before, so I was a bit, I was a bit of a pussy, so I kind of took it wrong way. And I went in and said, oh, "I'll be in in a couple of days." I think I think you got a bit suspicious or something. I don't know, but um, so I finally went back to work. Excuse me. I finally went back to work and um, um, worked a couple of days. And I noticed the other guys on my team, the Australian boss guy, he wasn't around. That was another thing. Just before I had the accident, when I joined, they said, oh, we won't throw you in the deep end, blah, blah, blah. We'll gradually let you in and gradually teach you the ins and outs of the place and stuff. After two weeks of being there, they said um, the Australian guy boss was leaving. And I had to kind of replace him. I was like, I just didn't know that. And he goes, oh, you'll be thrown in the deep end. <laughs> He's like, when I joined the company, he said, you won't be thrown in the deep end. Then like literally two weeks later, he goes, you'll be thrown in the deep end. Uh, um, the guy's leaving. <laughs> anyway, so by the time I had the accident, I went back to the place after a couple of days. The rest of the team members were like having, they were having discussions. with. I can see them in the conference room. They were having like m meetings with the big... Um, managing director this indian guy and um they were talking about me i think and the deal was i think there was they were going to get me a work permit um once you've been there a year or six months you get a temporary one and then they'll get you a permanent one so waiting for that to come through and then so they called me in after i had the accident and came back working after a few days and they said it's a bit weird. They took me into a conference room and they said, um, so we've talked to everyone. and goes, what we'd like to do is like offer you half. We've got your work permit. We're going to offer you literally half the salary. Plus, we just want you to be like a CAD manager or something like that, like not a, like a designer. Um, so I was, a bit, I was like, what? I just didn't quite get what they were talking about. And... Um, they kept saying it to me, and I was like working out, like, geez, the salary is like, they've got a work permit. It's like it's like they got like negotiating, like you got this work permit now. Okay, we got a work permit for you, but now you're gonna get half the salary. So I was like, I was gonna be pissed off, and I said, no, not really, and and I said, I don't really agree with this. And he goes, why not? He goes, um, I don't want to be like a cat guy, and look at the salary you're giving me now. This is, I said, uh, and I started to lose my temper a little bit, which is a big mistake. I learned never to do that again. So they went off. I was still in the conference room. They came back. They said, um, okay, you can, um, you can leave then. I said, but you must sign this. And I, I, said, I was reading it, and it's, it was like basically saying, I'll leave and I won't see the company. That's what it basically said. I said, <laughs> I was like, it was, but it was like different, worded differently, like, like blah, blah 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 but that's what it basically meant because it meant like i will not sue the company uh, so I, and then i said and that's when i started getting a bit angry i was like saying oh, i don't agree with any of this like I, i'm not signing this and like the girl that was with the uh, manager director said like oh you must sign that and i go no i don't he <laughs> goes um uh, so they went off like out and left me in the conference room they came back again and they had a check so they offered me like it was something like three or four months of my original salary 
to sign that letter saying I will not see them and then just leave. So basically they were offering me to stay there. They offered me to stay in, I could continue working there for like half the salary um, or I could take three, I think it was three or four months salary, can't remember, four months salary maybe, or like nearly double the amount. So there's like equivalent to at least six six months pay. Yeah, that was it. So it was like either work there for six months or just get six months pay and leave. So I decided I just signed it and got six months. So they like paid me off basically. So I got six months salary um, or it was like three months of my original salary. And I, I thought to myself, oh, fuck these guys. I can get a job here easily. I was only here like a week. I already got a job. There's loads more companies in Bangkok. So I just left. Um, and then they were pissing around. They had to get, they had to like get rid of me, like get rid of my work permit, all this paperwork. They were doing that. They're trying to sort that out. Um, and I was playing around. They had my passport and they wouldn't give me my passport back until I um, sort left, sorted out the work permit exit and stuff. Anyway, after so after that, that was a bit nasty, that bit. But after that, I just having I, I thought oh, I'll get a job easy. Big mistake. I had so many interviews. Like went on for for months. I, I saw just about all the big firms in Bangkok. All wanted to interview me, but they didn't offer me a job. I think it was to do with the work permit. It's like a miracle I got that job. I didn't realize like. Um, they had all these interviews that would go really well, blah, blah, blah. And at the end, it goes, so what about your work permit? He goes, I haven't got one. You got one. And they just, like, oh, they were like that. But hardly anyone would fucking reply as well. You'd have an interview. And they wouldn't fucking reply or they go, we'll let you know. And they wouldn't reply. It's like, piss, pisses you off, like, doing that. I must, oh, I must have had at least 10, 15 interviews. All the big firms in Bangkok. Um, it's just a shame. I think it was just the, I think it was the work permit thing. There was one guy like offered offered to do freelance. So, uh, but like that was just weird. Uh, so yeah, I just, I think it was, I don't think it was me. They're all interested. There was even one guy who interviewed me. He used to work at, he used to study at Huddersfield University. He was a student there. He worked there. He was one of the. Um, team leaders or something i thought i was going to get a job there but like i didn't hear back from them either i had to like write to them several times go oh, what happened and stuff yeah i should have like if you ever have an interview um make sure you find out the reason why because i don't know all i can think of was the work permit um and then like for some weird reason i ended up applying for a university job it's like the top architecture Chalalongkong University in Bangkok they offered me a job but like oh my god my <laughs> my girlfriend at the time she's going you want to you want to work at university huh you want to fuck a pussy yeah she's like beating the shit out of me saying you're not going to work there and like she, she were like she was like making sure I wouldn't work there she's like like she would she wouldn't let me work there i should have got rid of that fucking girl um so she ruined that for me she's like she wouldn't let me work there 
at least it was a job until I found another job. So it's like six months now. I can I didn't have a job, and so she she ruined that. So I thought I might work at the university for a bit. I didn't really want to do it. I didn't want to work at university, but it was the only thing that came up. So there's that, and then the f so I screwed that up because she screwed that up for me. And then I had another interview. This firm they seemed really interested, but I had a big fight with my girlfriend, and I had like freaking bruises on my face and like there's like blood coming out of my mouth <laughs> she went this interview it's on the way to the interview <laughs> she, like on a boat or something and i j jumped off the boat <laughs> left her on the boat and like went to my interview and um that, that went there but the interview went quite well but um i don't know so i didn't get that job and then and then it got really bad. I started running out of money. And she said she was going to give me money back from the um, money she stole from me. So I never got that back. Uh, and then I had no money whatsoever. And then she was basically, I had to check, I had to leave my apartment because I, I got chucked out of there because I couldn't pay the rent anymore. So I had a condo, a swimming pool. And that didn't last long after I lost my job. Then I had to check into these guest houses you pay every day and I was there for a while and she started paying for the room because I completely I was broke I ran out of money completely and I couldn't even leave the country and I was going on visa runs for a while um, um, they cost money then then I couldn't afford the visa run so I overstayed my visa for like months months and months and I was worried about the police catching me put in the detention center I couldn't pay for the rooms, for the hotel rooms, um, guest house rooms. She was paying for a while. I don't know how the fuck she, she wasn't even working. I don't know what she was doing to get in money. She kept saying she was going to inherit money from her parent, from her brother-in-law or something. That's why I was waiting for the money so I could do something. And then we had another argument and like she ripped up my passport. So not only overstay my visa, um, she ripped up my passport, so I, I couldn't even get a passport now. I couldn't even um, afford to get a new passport. So I, I had to call my parents up. They gave me a bit of money, but they only give me like $100, like $100, and that would last me like a week or two weeks at the most. And then I'd run out, and then like she was paying for real. Oh, it went on for ages. You know, I, I kept asking my parents to send me money on like Western Union, and then she... They thought I was on drugs, so they stopped sending me money, sending me money, my parents. And there's like points where I was like in a park, didn't know where I was going to stay that night, um, but managed to get a room. So that, that was, that's probably the lowest point of my life that was, pretty bad. And then, um, so I must have been there a year overstaying my visa, not having a job, like, stuck in a room like reading books and stuff because i had no money sh at all maybe just for two meals a day and in, in on the street and stuff it was just terrible that's like really bad point in my life but that kind of thing like you look back at that and you think how good your life is now so how how i got out of that let's look at what i'm going to talk about next Losing, the, yeah, I talked about that. So this is how I left the place. So I had, I got an email. So after what, after all this shit, I got an email saying my Australian visa came through. 
it's been like two years now since I applied and it said I had to get like a chest scan in the hospital um, for like they for the health inspection thing so I begged my parents for the for my my money my dad wouldn't send me money or my mum or anyone um, but they offered to send me a flight to UK but I didn't want to go back to the UK so I had a friend who moved to Perth Australia and he offered me offered to stay there if I got to Australia so all I had to do is get to Australia really um, basically and then I think I could do it so I managed to convince my dad to get me a flight to Australia and some money for the health thing which wasn't that much so I did that and I, I got out of there and said goodbye to that crazy girl there's other shit that happened with that crazy girl she got pregnant like three like three times she had to get an abortion I don't know if she should say this I might cut it out I don't know um, but I don't even know if she was actually pregnant or not because um, she could have been lying just to get the money because that was the other thing I had to try and get money from parents for that it's fucking bad times man and then like god there's so many things that happened like terrible went to a village for a while because the brother-in-law had a big tobacco business and that she was supposed to give me my money back she never did and like that went on for months it's like literally like dangling a carrot in front of me next week i'll give you money next week give you money next month i'll give you the money next week i just need the money so i can get out of this country just went on literally went on for a fucking year Ugh. anyway got out of that place got the flights and then um i was worried when i left the country that they're gonna check my passport it's like overstayed my visa one year because I, I got the money for the passport as well my parents got me money for a new passport before that I went to the embassy and I asked them this guy came in this room and he said you better watch out you've overstayed your visa there's a cop outside um, if they catch you they'll put you in the detention center so I was like shitting myself that's when I first went to the embassy to um, ask them about my situation but then I got some, one of my father gave me money for the flights back to australia i got just got and i can't remember if my mother gave me some because my parents are divorced so so basically i got enough money for the healthcare ch scan um get a new passport and a flight to australia but actually they bought me the flight didn't give me cash so I had those three things once i had those three 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 things i got out of the country and i was worried when i got to the airport Jesus Christ, because she, she said she knew, the girlfriend I had, she said she knew somebody who worked at the airport to bribe them so they'd let me get out of the country when I leave. But I, she went to meet some guy, I didn't go with her, and I don't know if that was bullshit as well, because she said, like, he's, he's going to leave the country, just let him leave, don't put him in the detention centre. So when I went to the airport, um, I showed all the my passport and she took me to this um <laughs> it's bad it was the airport i was wanting to leave the country and um the lady saw my passport and it overstayed my visa like one year like illegally and like they took me he took me in this other room this guy and i i started crying and like it was, they let me through they just let they, i think they just 
they just saw me and they just let me through. And I gave the phone to her and my girlfriend was like, just let him go. She was crying, just let him go, let him go, please let him go. Let him have a good life or something, she was saying. Um, that's what she said afterwards. And then they let me go and I left the country. Got got to Australia and like I literally sorted myself out within six months. I paid everything off and like had a car and I had a good job and sorted myself out. So that's the story of an architect working and living in Bangkok.